What if there was a way for your thoughts, your words, to be sent into the future and to be understood and appreciated by someone anywhere on the planet? Would that not make us, in a way, immortal and give us the power to communicate across time and space? I'm Bella St. John. Join us as we venture together to explore the history of those words, the history of the novel in A Novel Idea. I would like to welcome Professor Thomas Pavel. Welcome, sir. So, uh, so wonderful to talk about this this topic, the um, the development of the novel, which is something that uh, interests me. Uh, I would say since my uh, since I was a teenager, and I was, I was reading um, uh, Tom Jones by Fielding under the cover in order for my mother not to know <laughs> that I didn't turn off the light. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny with the with the intro that we have for a novel idea. There are a couple of photographs of little people reading under the covers with their flashlights. And I used to do exactly the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> this is the time when parents told you exactly what you have to do. Yes. So you do something else. Yeah. Precisely. Precisely. So so you wrote an amazing book that now I travel the world, and at the moment the book is actually traveling with me, called The Lives of the Novel, and actually a Apart from my love of novels and history, it was actually your book that prompted this particular series. So, oh, you are you, too kind. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, it's, it's true. It's true. So yeah. could you please give me a little bit of a background on what prompted you to write this book in the first place? So if, you know, what is it? What's it about? And what prompted you to write it? Um, in fact, it, uh, I wrote it because I had to, um, uh, being, being a, a professor at, at Princeton, they asked me to write, to, 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 to teach this, uh, this course, the history of the novel, which was, a, 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 and uh, teaching this course and reading this, I, at some point I understood certain special things about the history of the novel, and after teaching it for a few years, I said, I will just write a book. I will write a book because I, I had something to... The idea is that you have to... People should write books only when they feel they absolutely need to write them, okay? And this was the case with this... Uh, I absolutely needed to say, to, to, to put together certain things that I, I, I realized while teaching. And the students were very good, and it was a long course. Uh, uh, so... It, um, this is why. This is why. Yeah. So essentially, your book. I mean, I, I I could give a rant about what your book's about, but over to you. So your book is about what? My my book is about the way. Um, uh, um, first of all, about the way that the novel was uh, developing at some point in a certain historical and cultural context. I wanted also to uh, uh, to distinguish the novel from the old epics. Uh, um, the Iliad, the Odyssey, uh, epic are something. And the novel appears later and it's something quite different. It's quite different and we can talk about uh, it. I wanted to emphasize this. And I, um, together with, with other um, uh, uh, researchers uh, uh, who before me emphasized the ancient Greek novel. Uh, a, a genre which appeared in the third century, fourth century, uh, later in the in the uh, uh, um, Greek civilization, uh, uh, and uh, we, we will talk about that uh, and how this was incredibly successful later when it was rediscovered 
in the Renaissance. People suddenly, oh, wow, these books were written long ago. It's fantastic. And everybody read them. And then when they were again forgotten in the uh, 18th, 19th, and in the 19th century, 20th century. But this is how it started. And we can talk about, the, uh, about that. Please, yes. So for this first yeah. episode, we're talking about the biology of the novel. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's origin. I mean, from your perspective, what's the genesis of the novel? So I'd like to just, just go to the tale of Genji, which a lot of people say yeah. is, is the very first novel. And a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have heard of this. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, um, I must say that uh, while uh, looking at various uh, histories of the novel written in various uh, countries, usually each country wants to say, we were the first. <laughs> and um, I'm from Romania, which started a little bit later. So in Romania, we don't say we are the first. We, we try to do good things, but not necessarily. So um, the idea of the first is uh, wonderful, but not necessarily uh, um, uh, always so useful. And uh, the tale of the is a great, great uh, uh, story. But uh, what I, what I would like to point out is the, uh, is the following: uh, many people um, uh, and many scholars say that the uh, the um, the novel continues the epic tradition, the uh, Iliad, the Odyssey. It's not completely true. It's not completely. Uh, the Iliad, the Odyssey, and uh, this kind of uh, epic poems in other cultures also, in, in, in Northern Europe, they are based on oral literature. They are, people forget that before writing, people still were talking, and also uh, um, reciting poetry and knowing by heart poetry. And, and the oral culture was incredibly alive everywhere in, 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 in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in, uh, in, 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 in the North and South America, uh, because human beings need poetry, even if they don't have writing. <laughs> okay. And uh, um, uh, um, the Iliad uh, and the Odyssey are based on this oral tradition, on this oral tradition. And somebody, the legend says it's a poet named Homer, put together the Iliad, this kind of oral tradition, and they, they were um, uh, poems, um, this kind of epic poem, there are poems about struggles between cities, uh, um, a large number of, 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 of heroes, fighters, characters, and so on. And it was, uh, uh, in a very interesting uh, way, uh, uh, um, the topic was the history of those cities. Yes. Yes, but also that that brings up a, a a point that I wanted to get to in this first uh, episode, which is what is a novel? Because again, if we go back to the tale of, Gen of, of Genji, I mean that's that's it's not necessarily a novel from my perspective in that it was a series of it you know it's beautifully crafted it's it's psychological it's it has drama it's you know it's a beautifully crafted piece but it looks like and and this is open for, for debate as i as i know um that you know it's like it came to an abrupt end and a, a number of people say well it's because it wasn't actually constructed as an entire entity 
you know it was it was just being made up as she went along and even then it was it was told verbally as you're saying and as with the Iliad and the Iliad and the Odyssey they were also told verbally on the way through and and is that necessarily a novel so to to really give us the foundation here I'd like to get your thoughts then on what is a novel because the reason that okay. I wanted to mention those those books up front is that yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that they classify as a novel but to say that we need to define well, what is a novel right. we need to sort of uh, reflect a little bit on this because I must say that in my uh, age I am terrified by definitions okay because <laughs> <laughs> you, define, you define and suddenly you realize there is another nuance and there is another, yeah, and they are not completely exceptions. Yeah. It's like a family in which people resemble to each other, but not completely, okay? So, so um, uh, the novel is a family, a family of, uh, of literary uh, uh, works. And let, let, let's put it this way. Um, what you, you talked about is very, very important, namely the episodic nature. Mm -hmm. The episodic nature. Uh, um, we are used to the episodic nature because uh, also people at that time, not only the, some in some culture they didn't have writing, but they didn't have even they did not have TV. If you can imagine such a thing, <laughs> yeah, it's just yes, it so strange. <laughs> but uh, in the world of TV, we are used to these episodes, yes. <laughs> years and years. Okay, uh, 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 um, long novels, these long novels. Uh, 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 like the uh, Genji one, or, or the one I, I will mention, the um, the Ethiopian story yes. by Heliodorus, the ego, is very, very important. They were very long. Their imitations uh, in in uh, uh, 16th, 17th century in Spain, France, England, uh, uh, every uh, Italy, everywhere in, in uh, uh, um, the people who read it try to, to, to imitate. They are uh, um, long, long novels. Uh, uh, some of them are four, five, six, ten volumes. Mm -hmm. People, not everybody knew how to write a diet. The, uh, the clergy knew how to write but, and read, but for instance, the nobility didn't. The nobility knew how to fight. Not to, mm -hmm. And they met about once a week and somebody read. Yes. Orally, this novel. So yes. it was like, just like we watching a TV series. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is why they are so long. Yes. In order to keep the attention, uh, the attention of, of, of the listener yeah. for, for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I think there's an important point as well there. Um, and and coming back to the definitions, well, I'm actually with you in that for me, and, and it was, it was, I was kind of baiting a little in that for me, it really just comes down to it's a story. It doesn't matter if it's somebody yeah, that's yeah. spoken it. It doesn't matter if somebody's speaking it around a campfire and it goes on and on and somebody else has written it down and then published it. Yeah. It, it comes down to the essence is that it's a yeah. story. But one of, the other, yeah, one of the other things that I found fascinating as I was doing research for this was looking at the more well-known, shall we say, uh, books, quote unquote novels along the way. They're almost all episodic 
in nature or they, yes. they're epistolary so they're told through letters or journals or yeah. they were series like hg wells mm -hmm. time machine etc the yeah. it, i found that fascinating that, yes. that when when you know i looked at the ones that were were more popular that people even you know now would would recognize the names of but even in their time were extraordinarily popular was it comes back to this episodic nature yeah. Yeah. so i think right. that's something Thing that we'll touch upon uh, as well right. as we go through the the next right. episodes yes. right absolutely and let me add something this is very very important because in fact those um there were some novel some some novellas not novels there were the novellas mm -hmm. which are much shorter mm -hmm. in 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 italy uh, boccaccio for instance or, or uh, uh, and these uh, were short they initially were 10 pages, mm -hmm. 20 pages. Cervantes wrote a few which were 40 pages, but they had a unity of action. Yes. And this is why they were excellent for the um, play writers who wanted, who needed um, topics for their plays. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, um, uh, Shakespeare, uh, uh, many of Shakespeare's plays and his contemporaries were just staging Italian novellas. Otello uh, is based on one of the Romeo and Juliet uh, because they have unity of action. And the original one was 10 pages, 12 pages. Uh, the novels were, the, the novels proper were much, much longer and episodic. Okay. Yeah. But I would add for, the, for a kind of a characterization or reflection, the novels are not as much about a city as they are about an individual yes or even more than an individual originally about a couple mm -hmm. how you can form a couple and this is why love novels are were so important for, uh, for, for, for a long uh, a long time and these people this individual and this couple are not completely determined by the world mm -hmm. they are not completely obeying their families they are not completely obeying their city and they discover who they are and who their city or parents are in the novel. Mm -hmm. So it is people who are, each of us is a little bit like that, I would say. Each of us is a little bit outside, not completely in the world. Yeah. And some of us pay a huge amount of money to psycho psychologists to tell us exactly who we are, but uh, it could be equally interesting, a bit less expensive to just read a few novels. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm joking. That's a, uh, so at some point. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, if you can, I mean, I can absorb myself into a book and learn not only so much about what's in the book, but if I take the time and the effort and the energy and the love to reflect upon what the book is teaching me about myself. Right. Yeah. I, 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 oh, wow. This is like, I, I am like that. Tell me about the Ethiopian story. Yeah, the, the Ethiopian story uh, was written in the third fourth century we don't know by whom that the um the author signs as heliodorus and it is um, a deeply uh, neoplatonic um, uh, um, novel it's about a couple siagenes uh, and Cariclea, who at the um, at delphi at the uh, games they they discover suddenly that they love each other. It's a love at first sight 
coming from above. There is a kind of always a sun god. Uh, men, it's not even mentioned, but uh, in e each nation through which they go, there is a priest of the, of the sun that guides them. And Cariclea is the daughter of a, a Greek merchant, and the, their family wants to marry her uh, to somebody, the, the, the kind of arranged uh, 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 marriages, the traditional ones. But once she, once she sees Siagenes, she realizes she doesn't want. And there is a, a priest of the sun from Greece, if I remember well, uh, or, or no, from Egypt, who tells them, I will guide you, let's run away. And they run away, and they go through, through Egypt, um, uh, um, they, they are um, uh, kidnapped by pirates, they go through this serial adventure one after the other, always at the end saving their lives. Both Theagenes is very strong and she is very, very strong, okay? And in the end, they reach Ethiopia. And they realize, she realizes, I don't want to go into all this, that she is the daughter of the queen of Ethiopia. <laughs> Why is not, she's not there? Because in Ethiopia, uh, um, people have a darker skin. Uh, and, um, uh, uh, and she was born whitish. So her mother was afraid that her husband, the king, would think that she uh, she was uh, uh, um, uh, that his wife was not faithful to him. So this is when she gave it to this Greek merchant to take her away. Okay. So um, and she comes back and discovers that she uh, uh, the, the mother is so happy. She tells her the, her, her husband who completely understands the, the situation. Um, I don't want to go into why this happened, uh, but uh, and but there is just one problem: is that Siagenes, uh, who is there, um, doesn't have the right to be in Ethiopia. This is the, the old um, uh, uh, style in which, if you get into a country without being approved, you were killed. He has to be sacrificed to the god. And the king says, I cannot change the law. I'm the king, but you know. Uh, and there is an alliance because uh, people um, um, start to like Theagenes very much, the, the population and the, the, um, the people. And, and the priests implore the king to change the law. And he would be, although he's a Greek, he will be an Ethiopian. So it is about a world which is a one world and where the color of your skin doesn't count. And it is just in a, a, um, human beings have a certain kind of independence from the world. I wouldn't want, want to use this very strong term autonomy. It's just a certain independence. But on the other hand, this, um, this whole world becomes becomes hospitable. It's very, very moving. And I, as I said, in, in the Renaissance, it had a huge success. Uh, um, I, I even saw uh, one of the first uh, copies of its it, uh, Latin translation. It, it was brought from Constantinople um, um, after, after uh, um, uh, at the end of the 15th century, when Constantinople uh, be, uh, uh, became a, the, the, the capital of the Ottoman uh, uh, Empire. And uh, uh, lots of people left and took manuscripts with them, including this one. 
and it was uh, brought to the Hungarian uh, kingdom at that time, translated into uh, in, into Latin first. <laughs> and I saw the old Latin uh, translation uh, in in Rome. It, it it was very moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was immediately in French, uh, Spanish, English, and in, in, in all European languages, and imitated a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so, from your perspective, what makes that a foundational novel? Um, it because it is it targets in a very interesting way what it means to be an individual. What it means. Am I an individual? Am I part of a crowd? Am I, what am, am I? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that if we had to come up with a definition of a novel, I think perhaps if we just go that it is a story about what it means to be human. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. even if the, you know, even if it's written about, you know, about robots or whatever, it's, it's a story about, about consciousness, about, about what it is, what it means to, to love and to, to be. And so, yeah. About this kind of human awareness, which I find each of us find it within yes. ourselves. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, so yeah. that's a perfect point to finish up this particular episode. We'll be back with the next episode when we're looking at chivalry. Chivalry is dead, or is it? Yeah. <laughs>